0: The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of South Crest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. All right, Amen. So earlier this morning, uh, I did something that's kind of a ritual for me uh, as I'm preparing for my sermon uh, and my talk. Um, something that I like to do every single week, um, is talk with Caitlin about things that I'm about to preach, things I'm about to say, uh, maybe go through a point or transition or metaphor illustration, anything. Um, and so a little background before I continue is that, uh, Caitlin, uh, you know, is, um, I would say very pregnant. Like we're, we're just on, on the cusp of about to have our, our little baby girl. And um, at, at any moment now, uh, she could give birth. And one of the things that for those of you that, that know about this um, is that uh, a lot of times at this stage of pregnancy, you can be just really tired, uh, really, really exhausted. Um, and so I uh, was kind of going through an illustration with her and I was, I was talking with her and uh, I, uh, I checked in, I, I said, hey, you still there? She was laying on the bed. She's like, yeah, yeah. And she goes, tell me more about that. And so I said, hey, how, how does this sound? And so I kind of really get into this illustration and, and bear in mind, I'm shaving while I'm doing this in the morning. Um, and uh, I get done and I was like, does, does, that, does that make sense? And, and I don't hear anything. And then I'm like, Hello? And I kind of peek into the bedroom and my poor wife, is just out cold. She's just asleep. So I tell you that to just know this is gonna be an incredible sermon. It put my pregnant wife to sleep. Uh, I I hope that maybe you'll get some good sleep out of it too. Um, Hey, that that story had nothing to do with the sermon tonight. Uh, uh, I just wanted to share that with you, just kind of get a peek into our lives and everything that's going on. Um, Here is something that is relevant to our sermon. So, uh, about a year and a half ago or so, Caitlin and I, uh, we got um, a little dog. His name is Halpert. He's a little mini golden doodle. And one of the things that we learned about uh, Halpert is that he is very hyper. Uh, when we were looking at this breed of dog, I think all we saw were the, the nice little pictures and, and little videos of how cute they are and whatever. But these dogs demand Attention. Like they, they want to play constantly. Like you've got to run them like crazy to kind of settle them down. Um, he's cute and cuddly at the end of the day, but that comes with a cost. You've got to play with him. You've got to do lots of stuff like that. And so anyway, um, sometimes when it's a time where maybe Caitlin and I want to sit on, on the couch or maybe we need to have a serious conversations, Halpert, like last night, is just going ballistic. He, he's whining, he's crying, he's barking at random things. He loves to bark at dogs or, or even people that he thinks are dogs on the TV. And so something he just goes ballistic. And, and there's been times where I just wanna like, you know, like Jesus, Duke, Owen Halpert and be like, peace, be still, like, shut up, stop. Like, we're, we're trying to have a moment here. We're trying to enjoy this movie or whatever. Um, and it just seems like to get Halpert to settle down is sort of out of our control. I, I know that he can, eventually he will. Um, but sometimes it just feels like that cute little dog, uh, love him, uh, will not let us rest in our home, will not give us any sort of sense of peace. I want to share that with you. Tonight we're going to be talking about peace, and I think for a lot of us, um, our anxiety um, can sort of feel like Halpert in the golden doodle. Like it seems like there's nothing you can do. It seems like things are so out of your control, that um, there's just really not much that you can do uh, to make peace happen in your life. Um, sort of kind of play this out like right now, many of you, your routines have changed. Uh, and I think we're adjusting to it a little bit. But for a lot of us, man, it's just been a weird and strange time. And so lots of things going on around in the world. Uh, it doesn't seem like those are going to change. And it's affecting even our inner being, even our thought life and all that stuff. And, and a lot of us, though maybe it's not constant or chronic, um, We're anxious, right? So another question I begin asking is, how does God's word speak to that anxiety? Or to say it in other words, is God able to give us peace? Not not just right now, but really at any time uh, when we feel overwhelmed with anxiety. Now, if you're a Christian, um, or you know much about Christianity, you know that our answer from scripture is yes. Like God actually can Give us peace. And so, the real question that I want to answer tonight and, and seek out how does God give us peace? Before we get into that, I just want to kind of explain my thought process in this. The past couple of weeks, God's been doing something really cool in my life, and He's been helping me kind of answer maybe different questions that I have about the Christian life. And, and here are some specific things it's the difference between what are the things that God so clearly does for us and blesses us with that it feels like, if you were honest, nothing that I did, no action that I did, no obedience that I walked in produced this result? Like, that was just all of His grace. So Flesh this out. Our salvation, what Christ has done for us in his death and resurrection, like we've talked about that the past couple weeks, like that is something not of our own. Theologians call that the finished work of Christ. And and what he's done for us is all his grace and mercy. We haven't contributed contributed to that. But in our sanctification, as we're walking in the Christian life, it's just beauty. We almost get to participate and, and walk with God in our life. And what I mean by that is that we're gonna strive, we're gonna toil, we're gonna work as hard as we can. Uh, Brandon and Pastor David touched on that in the Colossians passage this past week. But also every good thing that we have when we have peace, when we have joy, we don't sit there and think, man, I did such a good job earning that. No, we, we give that credit to God, right? We give that glory to God. And so I'm kind of fleshing this out. What I realize is that when we're talking about peace, there's a difference between the peace that we have with God and the peace of God. The peace that we have with God is that Christ, when he died on the cross, he he said, it it is finished. It is done. The wrath of God was gonna be poured on us. It's done. It is finished. So we can have peace with God. We can have reconciliation. But as we're gonna look at tonight, the peace of God is more the fruit of the spirit within us. It's the fruit of Christian life. And there are definitely times, absolutely, as a Christian, where we're not marked by peace. And so what I believe the whole biblical teaching is, is that what we need to look into tonight is ways that we can actually posture ourselves to cultivate peace in our life. And I believe that Philippians 4 is gonna have the answer for us tonight on how to do that. So let's read that together. We're gonna read Philippians 4, verses six through nine. It says this, do not be anxious, about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So, how does God give us peace? How can we kind of posture ourselves to cultivate peace in our life? I think the first answer is that, that we can do that through gratitude, saturated prayer for ourselves and for others regardless of what circumstance. That's a long answer, so I'll say it again. We can cultivate peace in our life through gratitude-saturated prayer for ourselves and others in every circumstance. Let's look closer and see, I want you to see where I'm getting this. First, it says, do not be anxious about anything. The biblical picture here, when it's using the word anxious, got this great insight from Pastor David, actually earlier this, or last week, is the idea of being pulled apart in two different directions. So this this is easy to illustrate. There are times when I'm sitting at home and Caitlin knows I'm all there. I'm listening, but I'll admit there are times when I'm not. And she can see that I may be sitting right there, but my mind is somewhere way far, far away, right? We know this, you've had conversations and that can be what happens, that the mind's being pulled in two different directions. So that's the idea here, that, that you're maybe worried about something uh, that, that happened, that may happen again, or you're worried about something that may happen in the future or whatever. That's the kind of the idea here. And already I've, I've kind of made some caveats and I'm trying to frame this correctly. And this is one more thing I wanna say. I am not talking about the type of clinical anxiety that someone, many people now have been diagnosed with um, by psychiatrists. Uh, I'm not talking about specifically various mental illnesses of which have been accurately diagnosed, of which require medicine, of which require uh, intense, intentional uh, psychotherapy and those things. Those things are real. Uh, I believe it's the grace of God to show us because he's the author of all truth to show us through science and through psychology that those things are effective and a healer and at work. And so I'm not gonna be just nailing down exact application if if that's you listening in right now. But here's what I will encourage you with. What I want you to do is I want you to lean in tonight to Philippians four because I would say at least a little bit, if that's you, if you've been like, diagnosed with an actual mental illness, um, and, I, and I know that's tough, I want you to lean in this because I believe that this passage would at least be a little bit helpful to you. And to less that anymore, what I mean is that um, the common grace of medicine for the common grace of counseling, if we're, as Christians are going through all of that, which, is, which are good, healthy things for many of us, but we're not in God's word, we're not praying, we're not, we're not pursuing him in any way, guess what? you're still gonna be off a little bit because regardless of, of how much we struggle, what various degrees or forms of suffering that you have, God has created all of us for relationship with him an active relationship. And we, we have that through his word, through prayer, through obedience of the word. And so that's why I know without a doubt, I'm encouraged, I want you to be encouraged. Maybe this, maybe anxiety, depression, all those things, maybe those are big things in your life. I want you to be encouraged because I believe that even with all the struggles that you have, this is going to be helpful for you tonight. So, lean into this with me. Verse six says, "In everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God." And so, again, what it says is gratitude saturated prayer. And I believe what it's saying, what it says, prayer and supplication. I think prayer simply prayer for yourself. Everyone, you're praying for yourself. I think supplication, you're praying for others. These are times when you, you have prayer requests, maybe a, a grandparent is sick or someone in your connect group is, is not doing very well. Prayers for the world right now, especially. I think this is what this is talking about. It says whatever situation or whatever is going on, you wanna pray with gratitude. And what's, what's the promise? It says, and the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I want you to think about this. I thought of the word guard. I will tell you, um, if someone tries to come into my house and to harm my family, and that's just Caitlin and I, but she's pregnant with our little baby girl whose name I keep almost slipping up and saying. <laughs> if, uh, if someone tries to come in and harm my family, guess what? I can't promise anything. I don't have any like secret, like low key jujitsu training or anything like that. But I will tell you one thing, they will have to go through me. Um, And I bet because of the adrenaline, they're at least going to be sweating a little bit if they did get through me. All right, it's going to be hard. Like I'm going to guard them. And I think about using that word guard. Think about how encouraging it is that God himself, the all-powerful God says in this promise that through gratitude-filled prayer that he would actually guard our hearts and minds. Isn't that beautiful to think about? Like the power of God guards our hearts and minds. And I was comparing this with the truth of Colossians 3.15. It says, and the peace of Christ will rule in your hearts. So we really talk about a full picture of peace and, and how, it, how God relates in our hearts and minds with our peace. He's not only the guardian standing at the door, he is, he's the prince of peace. He's the ruler. Over, over our hearts and minds. And that's, that's beautiful, that's something good. And, and how do we kind of cultivate that? How do we experience that sort of confidence in the peace that he gives? It's through grateful prayer. But the reality is, is that some of us tonight, really, let's be real, all of us, we have prayed and there have been times where we haven't had peace. There may be some of us like, we're at a spot we've been praying for peace and it just hasn't come. And so, if you'd be honest about where your heart's at tonight, you may honestly feel like, hey, in terms of anxiety, I'm just gonna be real with you. This Jesus thing doesn't really work. I'm, I'm glad you're teaching about it. Oh, that's so sweet that you, you think that that's good for you. I'm telling you, it doesn't work. And what I would ask you, what I would respond to that, so I'd ask, have you actually prayed? If you look at your prayers, if they were to be written down over the past year and a month, couple months, would you see and be able to scroll through and see prayers that were mainly filled with complaints, like asking God to change your circumstances? Or would they be prayers that were just filled with, hey man, God, this, this is, hey man, God. <laughs> hey God, these, these times are, are really hard, but I thank you for how you're changing me. Like examine that in your life. A few days ago, I knew I was gonna be preaching this passage and I did not do this perfectly, but I try to practice what I preach. And it was very interesting. It was on Saturday, I was feeling a little bit of anxiety, just about different things. And I thought, hey, you kind of know what you're gonna be preaching, but let's practice it. So you know what I did? I sat there and thought, you know what? I'm gonna fill my prayers with gratitude. And I did acknowledge, I didn't ask God to change my circumstances. I acknowledged it. I said, one thing, Lord, it's not been very fun not not being able to to gather together. If you're curious, watching right now, uh, we've got a few real people over here. (laughs) But there's a lot of pictures right here I can look at. But man, I I miss you guys so much. But through that, through the quietness, through the change of rhythms, God has allowed me to grow and learn some things about myself that he wants to change. So I thank Him for that. And then simply, I just thank them for easy things, like for the meal that I had, for the workout I had that morning, for just the day, for the sunshine outside, all those things. And you know what began to happen? Peace just kind of started ushering in. My posture relaxed. And I'm not saying you can, I'm not saying to manipulate God in this, but when I'm telling you what I'm preaching right now, like I practice, I could tell you, it's, it's real, it's effective. God works through this. And so when I tell you, when you feel like, man, this doesn't work, I'd push back a little bit and challenge you. Hey, start trying, right? Start trying to pray gratefully. Take it to it old school with the old hymn, count your blessings, name them one by one. So how does God give us peace? How do we posture ourselves to, to cultivate peace? I believe it's as we fill our prayers, saturate our prayers with gratitude to him on behalf of ourselves and others, just no matter what the circumstances Here's the thing, that's not all. There's there's some more work to do. Philippians 4, 8, let's read that together. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So what's another way that we can kind of cultivate peace in our life that we can posture ourselves? I believe is that we can begin intentionally taking control of our thought life. Here's what I mean by this. Look, look, at, verse, look at verse eight, what it says, like of, of all the things that God's word could have done. I, I think verse, verses six and seven are sufficient. I've seen that verse so many times. You've probably known it. Maybe some of you have memorized it. I, that's a powerful verse, good stuff. But it even goes on to tell us, here's how you think. Like, think about these things. Like, it's not just subjective, like, oh, you figured out, like God's peace is some kind of mystery. No, like, look at this. Think about what's true, what's honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, worthy of praise. What's interesting right now, I've watched a few helpful videos and there is actually something that we're going through in our minds in this crisis. And it's called the psychology of a crisis. And what's happening is that because of everything changing, our brains are actually right now for a lot of us making things up (laughs) in order to make sense of our circumstances. And so what this can look like, maybe uh, just give an example. Um, You've you've texted a friend and like they don't text back and you're already kind of stressed out. You're already, and before you know it, they haven't replied in 30 minutes and you're just determined like, they've gotten in a fatal car wreck or they, they hate you or whatever, or you're not friends anymore or whatever. Like the brain's doing some funky things right now. Like we're, we have to take control of these thoughts. And so what's, uh, the reason I tell you that as I was thinking about um, how true that is and um, in, in West Texas, one of the things that I've, I've missed but also not missed is the power of the wind, right? Like there's no hills or anything to slow down that wind. It's just flat and it's almost, just unstoppable. And what I've noticed is um, that in, in our area, there's lots of construction and there's lots of trash that can blow around. And almost every day, what I see are these little plastic bags, maybe like a Walmart sack or United sack, something like that. And they're always flying around, right? And you, you notice they're just whipping around like this and kind of, kind of seems random. And that's the wind. It's just like picking up and taking it everywhere. And it's kind of funny to watch um, until it comes in your yard, right? When it gets in my yard, I'm like, no, 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 we're not doing that. And so like, it's, it's kind of embarrassing, but if you ever tried to chase something being blown by the wind and you're like, you, you reach down to pick it up and then it blows some more. Like, that's what this bag does. And what do, you, what do you need to do to make that stop? You need to take hold of it, right? Until you do that, it's just gonna whip around with the wind and go all these crazy places. Guys, that's, that's what oftentimes can happen with us in our thoughts we can be like that plastic bag. What happens is we let our thoughts just tell us what to think, what to do. We never grab hold of what Paul's saying here in scripture and say, no, no, no. I, I'm gonna tell myself what to think about. I'm gonna tell myself to think about what's true. I'm gonna tell myself to think about what's honorable, what's just and pure and all, all those beautiful things. Again, I don't think I've said anything that surprises you, but what, what is the first response we may have? I think. My cynical side says, Wait a minute, Cole. Like, you don't understand. I'm so overcome with anxiety right now. Like, I, I actually can't control my thoughts. Like, I, I try to kind of address one thing, and like, another one comes up, and I try to address that one, and two more come up, and three, and four, and five. It's like, Ah! And, and, and I, I feel you there. Um, back in 2014, um, I went through just a time. I think it was just a lot of life changes. I think I needed to grow a lot. I've kind of referenced that at the beginning, kind of sharing my story, just some areas of pride and growth that I needed to go through. And there was some anxiety being created. You know what I did? I prayed Philippians 4, 6 through 7, really 4 through 7, every single day for a month. Every single morning, I just prayed it. I probably for an hour just repeated it, just begging God and pleading for him, Lord, give me peace, give me peace, give me peace. And through that time, there was two main things that happened. One is that God kind of led me to say, hey, like, I think you need to go see uh, a mature Christian counselor who's gonna help you out because these are things that not too serious, but like, hey, there's some ways that you can be helped. There's some ways of thinking that can be addressed. And you know what? Began to teach me, I think, Philippians 4. I think that's what happened. That's why I'm an advocate of these good things. Like, counseling is good. Begin to teach me, hey, Cole, think about what's true. Like, you're worried about all this stuff. You're, you're newly married. Like, you've got a job. There's, you're thinking about the future. What's true right now? And through that, began to be able to kind of take control of my thoughts. And here's the other beautiful thing that God showed me. He said, it was like God was saying, hey, dude, there's more to that passage. You're only reading verses four through seven. Look at verse eight. And that's when I began to see, man, look at, look at God showing me exactly what to think about. And so I think an application for us from this is, I think maybe tonight you just look at this, you just choose three of these things. I chose three. Uh, what's, what's true, what's pure, what's worthy of praise. And to kind of sum those up, what is true? The gospel is true. Think about and, and meditate on the gospel. Think about what God has, has done for you in Christ. What, what's pure? What's I was, as a, David and the team were leading us for worship, I was thinking, you're gonna think, man, this is cliche. Don't only listen to worship music, actually encounter God in worship like Google a song and listen along with it and look at these beautiful, pure and and wonderful, like worthy of praise words and get your mind thinking about the things of the Lord. I think that's what Paul has in mind here. I think that's what God wants to tell us. And if at the end of that, you're like, hey man, that's still not gonna work, right? This is just another three steps to peace that, that won't work, I've read the books out there that say to do this. What I'm gonna encourage you to do, again, lean in and try it. Don't knock it till you try it, right? Just pray this simple prayer. Pray, Lord, give me strength to fight for peace as I begin taking control of my thoughts. Lord, I'm gonna work hard on this, but I know that it's you providing me the strength to do it. So how, how can we posture ourselves, uh, get ourselves in the, in the right mindset for, for peace there's just intentional taking control of our thought life not letting them tell you what to do but you're saying no I'm going to think about what's true right now and today and every day and there's one more piece and I, I would be honest with you I think this may be the hardest piece we've kind of addressed a posture of prayer how we're supposed to think and there's one more piece and verse 9 says this, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So the last way that we can sort of position and posture ourselves to cultivate peace is that we put our faith into action. We actually do something with what we know. Look at verse nine. Paul's realizing, is saying to the church at Philippi, hey, there's things I've taught you. Like, I know, like, you've heard my, my sermons. There's things I know you've, you've learned. Um, maybe, like, they had ancient connect groups. <laughs> you know, there's ancient little Bible studies they went to. Like, I, I know um, that you have a lot of knowledge to go after. And I know you've seen good examples in others. He's like, practice these things that you, you know what to do. I want you to think about how frustrating would it be if you uh, knew someone who had just finished Med school, And they, they had just gotten hired on at a hospital. I mean, they've gone through eight plus years of, of training and education for all that they're going to do. But every single time that a patient is brought to them, like people that they could actually help, what they do is they kind of look at them and they delegate that to someone else. And, and months and even years go by and you realize they've never practiced medicine. They have all the ability in the world. They have way too much knowledge even actually the tasks that they have been given are basic compared to what they actually know, what they, this kind of really deep medical knowledge that they have. Like it's just like doing basic things like putting in IVs and checking vitals and things like that. How frustrated would you be, especially if this person with your friend, like, what, what are you doing? Like, you, you have all that you need. Like, just practice it. Like, you're equipped. You're ready to do it. And I think that's how some of us are. We have been given years and years and years of, of Christian education, so to speak. There's been great sermons that we've heard, maybe not in here, but great Bible studies. Like you've had access to podcasts. Um, you have so much. There's books that are, that are free. We are, Christians today are so much more resourced than we've ever been in the history of Christianity. And some of us are still like, man, we, we just need, we need more. Can we do this or can we do that? And to quote Donald Whitney, what he says a lot of times just like a plant that can be overwatered, he, he says that we actually don't need more. We need to start absorbing the water that we've already received, that God's already been pouring on. And so as to not be discouraging to you, I think the application is, is that what we need to start doing is we need to start applying what we've learned to actually start doing what we already know to do. Because otherwise, what, what a waste of the, the beautiful uh, just amount of resources that God's given us that he's poured knowledge and wisdom into us, right? And I would say, secondly, is that I think it is actually a gift from God, uh, leaning into this, if we feel anxious whenever we have so much stuff we know we should be doing, but we don't do it. I think that's God and a great act of mercy Trying to tell you there's something wrong. There's something wrong. I think it's almost a warning sign to you. Like, you know how to walk in obedience and, and you're not. You're, there's a lot of things that you're not doing. And so we need, as we feel that kind of tension between how much we actually know and, and what we actually do. I mean, hey, this may mean not going to that well, right now, virtual Bible study that you've been going through. This may mean, man, why don't you just lean into the sermon on Sunday and what we do at the journey? Take some good notes and just chew on that each week and actually ask God to, hey, help me do this. That's why we have application, by the way. I try to do that. I know that on Sunday we try to do that. Maybe that looks like just backing off and saying, I'm going to do. Um, just what the, the, the people that are teaching and preaching at, at Southcrest and the journey, I'm, I'm just gonna do what, what God kind of leads them to, to say to do and encourage me to do. Now, I said the question is, is really, how can a guy give us peace, right? How can we posture ourselves, right? But this kind of sounds like we're doing a lot of work, right? Like this sounds like we're doing, a, I'm asking you and from, from the word of God to do a lot of work to really actually feel peace in your life. Here's what I'd say to that. Unfortunately, a lot of us, when it comes to what we label spiritual things, we don't like to work for it. And I don't know where this mindset came from. I, I think some of it's, and misunderstanding what I said earlier of that, we are saved by grace, but we enter into Christian maturity or sanctification. And that's whenever we're walking in obedience. It's this beautiful thing where God is walking with us. We're, we're striving, but we're empowered by him. And so what happens is that like, we, we want peace, but we don't want the Prince of Peace to, to actually rule over our lives and, and obey him. And I just want you to think about why would God, because he loves us so much, why would God, overwhelm us with peace when we're looking at things on the internet that we shouldn't be? Why would God overwhelm us with peace when we're scrolling through Instagram four to six hours a day? Why would God overwhelm us with peace when we're in a relationship that we know we shouldn't be? And see, I'm not being hard on you. What I'm telling you is that God in his mercy is gonna sometimes stir up in our heart maybe a little bit of angst because what there is, is there's a disconnect between what we know and what we're doing. And so what we have to do in order to be just aligned with God, we have to be those who diligently not only know the word, but we do and we obey the word. So how does, how does God give us peace? How do, how do we posture ourselves and cultivate this? We put our faith into action. We, we do what we already know to be doing. Verses 10 through 13, specifically a very famous verse. Verses 12 and 13, Paul says this, I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And I would tell you tonight, what a shame that this gets reduced to something to put on a football team shirt, because it's way more than that. This is not when you've just won a championship or whatever it is. This is Paul saying, in the lowest of lows that I've ever been, I have had contentment and joy and peace in prison. I've sang hymns and the prison shook with the power of God, but also in the highest of highs, I don't then ignore God. I'm with whatever he gives me. And you know why I think that he was able to do that? I think it was because he practices what he preaches. I think that he did these things. I think he was a guy that saturated his prayers with gratitude. I think that he chose in times where if anyone had the right, it's it's Jesus and Paul and a few of the early disciples to say that life is hard. And they didn't let those thoughts get to them. They thought, what is true? They said, God loves me, God has a purpose for me, even in this. And I think what they did is they took all the beautiful things that they knew to be true and they lived them out day by day. not on their own strength, but with the power of God. And I think that's why right here, Paul says, and in every circumstance, no matter where I've been, I am content. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I don't know about you. I, I want to posture myself to where even if, I don't want a hard life like Paul, I'll be honest. But even in, in like, just think about his situation in his life, he's saying, I can do all these things. Through him, he strengthens me. I can be at peace. I can be content. I can be joyful. He could rest in the promises of God's unfailing love, God's ability to care for him, and God's providence over his life. Sometimes I am still, knowing that the Bible has so much practical application, I am still discouraged. What I mean by that is I can be like, Lord, I know all this is true. You may be feeling this tonight. My goodness, I just, today and the past couple months, I haven't had the strength and energy, honestly, to, to care, to, I'm just, I'm exhausted. I was thinking about Mark chapter four this week. Um, Verses 35 through 39. And Jesus and his disciples are in, in the boat and says this, I'll read verses 35 through 39 for you. It says, on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side and leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other ber- boats were with him and a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat. So the boat was already filling but he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Jesus, real calm and chill, he he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased. There was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, What we should be saying, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? And there's some debate on how Jesus said, peace, be still. I've heard it preached, peace, be still. I've heard it yelled. But what what did Jesus do essentially? What did Jesus say to the wind and the sea? Jesus spoke to the wind and the sea. He said, peace, be still. And what happened? He said that, that the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Here's how I want you to be encouraged tonight. I have to preach the word. I have to tell you what Philippians 4 says. It's hard truth. It requires action if we want to obey it. But here's the truth tonight, is that into our thirsty and exhausted and anxious souls, the Prince of Peace, Jesus himself wants to speak into your life and say, peace, be still. The voice that calms the storming seas tonight may be calling you by name wherever you're at. You've been following the Lord for years. You've never, maybe you've never followed the Lord and tonight you need to trust in the Prince of Peace who not only calms the seas, who not only has the power to do that, but laid down his life for you that you might be forgiven of your sin and reconciled to God. I believe that's the Jesus that we're talking about tonight. so my invitation to you is I want to invite you to trust in that one that's so powerful to speak to the wind and seas and they they obey him but also so loving and merciful to speak life into us and to speak peace into us he gives us peace with God through what he did for us so that we can now walk in the peace of God tonight I truly truly believe that Jesus has the power to speak into your life the peace that you are desperately seeking for and needing? Do do you believe that tonight? Can you embrace that? And can you trust that that is true? Let's pray. Father, I know without a doubt that you do provide peace. And so what I'm asking you to do is in the hearts and minds of everyone listening that this truth would resonate. And we're gonna close in prayer and the band's gonna lead us. That this truth would resonate that the voice that calms the storming seas calls us by name. As we're drowning in our sin and our anxiety calls us by name is willing to reach out his hand and lift us up out of that. And strengthen us and empower us as we walk a life of obedience as people of peace. I thank you for that. Would that powerfully resonate in the hearts and minds of those listening tonight? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. You can learn more about The Journey by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for at the Journey LBK.